You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Oh, okay, um, last Sunday there was a statement that we made here. And the statement simply said that truth is the most precious commodity on earth. Well, forever. Truth is the most precious commodity. And uh, this morning, I just want us to look into the Word of God and um, begin to see, you know, the things that surround that statement. And if um, I were to give a theme which may not capture it, it we might call it Christianity 101. Praise the Lord. Christianity 101. Okay, and if you will come with me to the book of Genesis chapter 3. Or first of all, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. And verse 28 says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 2 Genesis chapter 2 verse 8 says, Then the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. I I want to just lay a background so we see what we're talking about. Verse 8 again, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. What does a garden signify to you? Beauty. Recreation. Rest, isn't it? Everything about it is nice. And then in verse 18, it gets better. God didn't leave this man in the garden alone. Verse 18, let's read it. It says what? And the Lord God said, it is not what? Good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now we see, what we are seeing here is this. We are seeing the, the, the mind of God. We are seeing the heart of God. From the very moment... We appeared on the scene. God said, let us make man in our, what? Image. How much can you love a person? How much can you bless a person? The highest is to what? Bring the person up to what is yours. Isn't that? And God said, let us make man. Let's not make man a little less than us. Let's not make man a little, you know, 5% short of us. No, he said, let us make man in God's image and in God's word, likeness. And then we see where he put man. He had man to put somewhere. He didn't just drop man anywhere. What did he do? He planted a garden. And if you read further, you'll see how beautiful the garden was. And all the beautiful fruits that were there. And then he went further. Man was there strolling in the garden. And then God looked at man again. And said concerning man, it is not good word for man to be alone. In all this, man had made no prayers. Praise the Lord. Man had what? Made no prayers. Listen, when you get it right with God, it will be better than some of the prayers that a lot of people are praying. That's why Jesus said, Seek ye what? First the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. And what will happen? He says, All that's how it was in the beginning. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God in this said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
Verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they shoot thick leaves to them together and made themselves coverings. Verse 8 says, and I heard the sound of the Lord God. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. We'll stop here. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Father, we desire today that the reverse of this experience of Adam and Eve will be ours in the name of Jesus. We will not hide from your presence. We will seek your presence. We will run to your presence. No matter what, even when we fail, we will come back to you. Because in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures are forevermore. Lord, help us never to run from your presence. In the name of Jesus, Spirit of the living God, open our eyes. Let us behold wonderful truths from your word. Thank you, Lord our God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. We have an account here that tells us the beginning of where we are. We saw the real beginning and it was good. The Bible says in chapter 2 where it says, And the Lord looked at all that he had made and it was good. But we see where the spoiling came. We see where the you know, upturning of the beautiful thing the Lord had done came. And today I want us to look at it. You know, vis-a-vis where we are now. I want us to look at it and interpret where we are. I want us to look at it and get a revelation so that we can progress smoothly and successfully in the name of Jesus. The, The first thing I want us to pick here is this. The Bible says, now the serpent, Genesis 3, 1. The serpent here represents the devil. Praise the Lord. The serpent here represents this devil that we all know. And that is very popular in many spheres. And I want us to see what does this serpent do? What did he do from the beginning? What was the manner of his appearance? Many of us seated here today will be afraid if we felt some huge image in our room in the night. Why? Because we'll feel the devil has come to what? Fight us or to kill us or something like that, isn't it? Or maybe anywhere, or maybe even in the day or any time. You, you'll be afraid. Why? Because this devil has come. And you know, he's black, he's this and he's all of that. But the, the first appearance of the devil, the serpent, we see here. What does the Bible say of him? It says, now what? The serpent was more cunning. I think I have some interesting translations that will help us. Can you show me message of verse 1, message or NLT, one of them? Okay, let's see this. Just give me another one, the one I like, I'll let you to know. But we we see his introduction here. Thank you, I like this. He says, the serpent was what? The shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One of the things that the devil is, and the major thing he is, is he is shrewd. What does it mean to be shrewd? To be clever. It means to use information and to use situations to your advantage and to the detriment of every other person. Now, what we see here, we see no power attributed to this Satan. We see no might given to him. But what we see is that he said something. And the Bible said, one day this serpent said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden. Give me another one. I want you to see what he, he was sowing here. Just another translation. Thank you. I like this one. It says, it says here. So the serpent said to the woman. Follow me. Can you read it with me? Really? Okay. Are we together church? So the serpent said to the woman what? Really? He asked. None of the fruit in the garden. God says. This is the one I was looking for. God says you mustn't what? eat any of it. Now, what picture does this paint to you as a hearer immediately? What picture does this paint? Anyone quickly? Sorry? 
a wicked God. Thank you, sir. God bless you. He paints the picture of a mean God. Do you know what? All the fight the enemy is fighting you, that is what he's fighting. For you to think that God is mean to you. For you to think that God is not good to you. For you to think that God is keeping something from you. That is the fight. Look how he said, really? That's where he said it. This translation, God bless you people. He said, none of the fruit in the garden, you mustn't eat any of it. But you and I know what God said. What did God say? God said, you may, what? Eat freely of all. Only one. The serpent comes and reverses it. And says, so you will be able to eat none. What is he doing here? He's deploying and employing his one and only weapon. And that weapon is the weapon of what? Deception. That weapon is the weapon of what? Deception. And he does not have any other weapon. We're going to see as we go. He doesn't have any other weapon. In John 8 verse 44. Our Lord God speaking. Uh, our Lord Jesus speaking of, of the devil. He said. John 8 44. He, he was saying something about him. And he said. He was speaking to the Jews. He said you have your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. So that deception was murder. That's what he did. He said, well, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Now look at where I'm going to. Let's read this part together. He says, when he speaks a lie, what does he do? He speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. May we all be delivered from lying in the name of Jesus. White lie, orange lie, pink lie. It does not come from the Holy Spirit. Okay, we see where it comes from. But we see that the devil is who? He is the father of lies. He is the source of lies. Now, we see another statement, the reverse of it now. So, you know, I can put it together. In John 14 verse 6, our Lord Jesus Christ speaking. He was speaking to his disciples. He said to them, he says, I am, John 14 6. John 14 6, please. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am what? The life. No one comes to the Father except what? Through me. Now, leave that statement there so we get it. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Let's do mathematics. Jesus is what? The way. So no one comes to the Father except what? Through what? The way. No one comes to the Father. Jesus is the truth. No one comes to the Father except what? Through the truth. Praise the Lord. Now, when the enemy wants to fight me, and he wants to fight you, don't think that he sends a lion. Don't think that he sends a, a, a bear. Don't think that he sends a, a hyena or whatever. What he sends is a lie. Because he knows that if he can throw a lie in your way, you will miss the way. If he throws a lie in your way, you will miss the truth. If he throws a lie your way, why? Because Jesus is what? That truth. Now, all the words, 2 Corinthians 10, a passage we all know very well. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. Say something to us. It says, for though we work in the flesh. Can, can you give me the amplifier? So when, the amplifier, please. It says, for though we live, we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying our, on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Verse 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not what? Physical. That's why I took it. Because Kana might sound spiritual to somebody. The weapons of our warfare are not what? Physical. So, most times, what you think is fighting you is not fight. It's not where the fight is. I get what I'm saying. The the weapons of our warfare, you can't see them. So even that image you see, if you do see an image in the night, is an illusion. Tell it, get out, turn back, increase your fan or AC. Go back to better sleep. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know why? The weapons of our warfare, the enemy that is not by an image that he fights us. 
It's that spiritual. It says these weapons are not flesh and blood, but are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of what? Strongholds. Okay, let's go on. Let's see what the strongholds are. Five. Inasmuch as we do what? Refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that what? Sets itself up against, what do you say again? The true knowledge of God. What is the whole fight about? It is about truth. It is about truth. He goes on and says, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah. Now look at the last verse 6. This was the first um, sermon I preached. I think I've told us that. And, um, when I did uh, homiletics in Bible college many years ago. This was the first sermon the Lord gave me to preach. And simply says what? Being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. Simply, King James would say what? Being in readiness, what? To avenge every disobedience when your own obedience is complete. Can I put to you something that we can close this message with? It means that your whole warfare as a Christian, from the day you get born again, is to walk in obedience to Jesus. That is the warfare. Listen, let me tell you. It might make good theater for me to come here and pose like this and shout. Eh? But in the spirit, it doesn't move anything. You know why? The weapons of our warfare are not physical. It doesn't matter whether you lie down or you jump up or you're naked or you climb the mountain or you go under the river. If you're in disobedience... If you're not standing in line with the truth, if you're not aligning, if you're being deceived, you have already been captured. Adam and Eve lost the whole of this thing that we are fighting to regain. Both relationship with God and the blessings of God. How did they lose it? The serpent didn't shoot them. The serpent didn't sting them. The serpent didn't blindfold them. What he did was that he sold them a lie about God. Are you getting what I'm saying? He told them God was not who he said he is. And we learned last Sunday that the Bible said that this is what? Eternal life. That what? They may know you the only true God. He brought them out of what they knew of God and they believed something else about God. And from that moment, man lost that relationship. And what did we end last Sunday with? We ended last Sunday by praying, Lord, let me love your presence. The manifestation of the fall is that men don't love him anymore. It's a struggle. But they love the things he can give. That is where the danger is because when somebody is in complete rebellion against God and running away, you can even know immediately the symptoms that immediately see. But when someone is coming to God, just like you have many friends that you call fair weather friends, isn't that what you call them? So they laugh with you and everything, but they're not really interested in friendship with you. They're interested in what? The benefits they can get out of that friendship, like friends of the people in power. You see that those friends are the same in any government. Have you noticed that? Every government has the same friends because they're not friends of the persons, they're friends of the government. So whoever is in government, they're their friends. Anyway, so in Genesis, what we see happen there is that the serpent came and what did he say to them simply? He said to them, the day you eat this particular fruit, one out of how many species of fruits do you think are in the world? Over a million. They count different varieties, mango alone. How many types of mango do we have? We know we have the fat one, we have the small one, we have the orange one, we have green one, we have purple one. All of the, all those options were there. So if they were hungry, didn't they have enough food to eat? If it was a spicy one, they just one out of it. But the devil, who is the master deceiver, so sold their situation to them that they felt that unless they ate that single one, out of, let's even say out of 100, they will not be fine. Now, do you know that every temptation you and I face is the same thing? 
The enemy projects one thing that he knows is not right for you. Either not right by reason of season or by reason of your own condition, whatever be the case. Just, I mean, simple illustration. Sex is good, but, you know, we cancel a lot of people who are married, and what we're canceling them is you must have sex. Are you getting what I'm saying? In marriage, most times, for those of us who are married, we know what I'm talking about. In marriage, many times, is a, a reason for quarrel because somebody doesn't want. But before people marry, everybody wants, you know why? The devil knows that for the unmarried, sex is not just an act. Sex is death. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, so he, he takes everything that is not right for you and magnifies it and paints it and tells you that until you experience this thing, you don't know what good is. That's what he told them. He said, man, this one, this particular one, you mean you can't eat this one? They said, no, we can't. He said, ah, he said, the day you eat of this one, that is when what will happen? Your eye will be open. That is when you what? Know all that there is to be known. And then the last one he said to them is that is when you'll be like God. Now, but we have read here that in Genesis 1, 28, God said what? Let us make man what? Like us. Another wicked part of this thing the devil does is this. There is nothing that is really tempting you with that is not already yours. Somebody needs to get angry with Satan. I get what I'm you, you just need to even angry with yourself. There is nothing. He te- I, I've told you here many times. I'm getting old now. I know I'm getting old because I'm wearing glasses. I used to be able to read all kinds of things. Now I, I have to, you know, uh, try to read, you know, something, shift forward and backward. I remember when the greatest in my house, when I was living with my parents, the thing that I stole most, do you know what I was a thief in? Fanta and malt. You see, they would allow me to take it, but the way I liked it was not normal. So sometimes I would enter into the wardrobe. Those days when we travel to the village, you know, we make a lot of chinching. You know, how many of us remember those Christmas chinching? So I would take the Fanta and the mug with a big mug and then lock myself in the wardrobe. Some of you are shaking your heads. You've stolen worse things. <laughs> you know, and just say that I like the combination Fanta, mug, and then the chinching. Now, if I knew that a time will come, my wife said, let all that change. I said, no, don't on that change. Let me, I said, no, don't buy. Let me buy. For, I said, why are you buying these things? Now, all of a sudden, what I seemed to get, I am running from. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Everything the enemy is making you shake about is something that God has kept for you in abundance. He said to them, you eat this, you'll be like God. In fact, let, let, let me put it the way, I, I'm not even explaining it the way the Lord said I should tell you. He said for the Christian, th- this is what he says. He says that the, the evidence uh, or the, the witness of the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is that the Christian is already settled in a place of blessing beyond his imagination and comprehension. You see, we are privileged. We had some persons like Enoch and, you know, uh, Joseph and uh, Abraham and the rest of them who lived looking forward to the day when this death and resurrection will happen. We have it in our past. Now, every time you can remember, this is why the Bible, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul will say, I determine not to know anything amongst them except what Christ and him crucified. You know why? When Christ was crucified for me, and then he rose from the dead for me. Like, like, I want you to say that Christ was crucified for me. For moi. Okay? And then he rose from the dead for moi. Eh? And then to make it better, as he rose, he received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. Which he gave to who again? To me. Now, this is what the Lord said I should tell Christians. He said, based on that, every Christian is already, already blessed beyond his imagination and comprehension. Every Christian, 
If I tell you you're going to be blessed, I may be speaking correct English, but spiritually is wrong. You know what? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, you and I have what? Been blessed what? With every, not we will be, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Where in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. It is easy for us to see the fault of Adam and Eve, but we are falling in the same temptation every day. Because Adam and Eve were made in the image and likeness of God. And what did Satan tell them? You will be like God. They were already made like God. The same way for us. We are not going to be blessed. We have been blessed. However, you and I, we live in 10 years, 15 years. 20 years, the lifespan, you know, people live on earth. Some people, five years, some people die as, you know, as, as infants. Okay, we've lost an infant, you know, all kinds of things. Some die hundred years. But all of those years, you cannot say God is not faithful because in hundred years of spending time on earth, you didn't see all his promises. The Bible says God inhabits eternity. And if I make a promise to you, I meet you at the stadium. We meet at the airport. Uh, um, you know, we meet in Lagos. We meet anywhere. And I make a promise there. And I say to you, I, I'm, I'm really going to, I have some wonderful thoughts for you. And I'm going to really bless you. I'm going to be nice to you. You, you can't judge me completely by our flight from Abuja to Lagos. In one hour, did you bless me? In one hour, did you, in Lagos, did you? Until you come to my house. I get what I'm saying. Until you come to my dwelling place. And then I fail in anything I promised you. Then only then can you say I have failed you. No man has a right to strike off any promise of God until you have seen him. The Bible says we don't know. Even now we don't even know what is going on. But one thing we know is that what? When we see him, what will happen? We shall be like him. It says henceforth know no man after the flesh. Many of us are happy. That's why people are just in trouble. Many of us are excited thinking God is with us after the flesh. And then many are sad, thinking God has forsaken them after the flesh. Both are wrong. If you want to be excited about God, we've learned last Sunday what you should be excited about. Be excited that God is with me. The presence of God with you is the great, the, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit. Do you know what a seal is? What, where the seal of the company is, that's where the body is. I get what I'm saying. And you and I have been sealed with the seal of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere you are, God has affirmed you and said, I love you. I know the thoughts I think towards you. I have a future for you. I have a plan for you. It doesn't matter what you're physically experiencing. Why? Because we understand that if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we of all men what? The most miserable. Now, am I saying God won't do some of those things? He, he may and he will do in the name of Jesus Christ. But what I'm saying is this. The Christian is being deceived. Colossians 2, can you put Colossians 2 for us please? Colossians 2 from 6 to 10. The Christian is being deceived if he's living his Christian life. Christian life, okay? I'm not talking about your business. That's, you know, as, as everybody wants to live. But the Christian life, which is my business here. If he's living his Christian life looking to be blessed. No. The moment I became a Christian, I had become blessed. The cross is not ahead of me. Our Lord Jesus' sacrifice is not ahead of me. It's behind me. I get what I'm saying. The blood is not to be shed. The blood has been shed. The blood is not going to speak. The blood has spoken. The access is not going to be made. The access has been made. I get what I'm saying. But because we are fighting a fight of truth and lies, what the devil does to you every day you wake up is he gives you what many Christians call religiously prayer points. And what those prayer points do is that they begin to ask with panic, even though the Bible even says be anxious for nothing. That's why he says that. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything what? By prayer and supplications with what? 
What are you thanking for? What is already done? But for the exercise of your humanity, come to God in prayer. But he that comes must believe that he is. Don't come to God in panic. Don't pray to God shaking. Do you understand? Many times I'm somewhere and when people are praying, I begin to pray for them. As they are praying, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for the knowledge of God. Because there are some prayers that if you know God, I, I, cannot, I cannot in all good conscience, you know, stand with Pastor Lord. Pastor Lord, please come. You're looking very handsome and slim today. Praise the Lord. I can't stand with Pastor Lord now. And then that child comes and wants to fight him. And I start interceding. Will I intercede? If I is coming, if I start interceding, what will you pray for me? Pray, Lord, open his eyes to see Pastor Lord. That's what I'm talking about. When you, God bless you, sir. When you know who your God is, there are some prayers you don't vibrate about. It, no, you know, you don't. It is settled. You know, this is done. Okay? So, uh, uh, Colossians 2. Colossians 2, 6, we read. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. Eight. Now look at what it says. I said, beware lest anyone cheat you. What do you see there? Cheat you. That's what he does. Through philosophy. What is philosophy? Human reasoning. Patterns. And empty what? Deceit. According to the tradition of men. According to the basic principles of the world. And not what? According to Christ. But let's move on. He said, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Ten, that, that is it. He says, and what? Let's read this together personally now. And I am complete in him. I am complete in him. It doesn't matter my physical circumstance. It doesn't matter my financial circumstance. It doesn't matter my marital circumstance. It doesn't matter whether my father or mother are alive. The psalmist said, when my father or mother forsake me, he says, you are there. I, I, I have nothing missing in me. When friends forsake me, I'm not missing anything. When neighbors don't answer me, I'm not missing anything. When somebody who was betrothed to me disappoints me, I'm not missing anything. Praise the Lord. It, when I suffer miscarriage, I'm not missing nothing. You know, you know, one of the prayers, you know, and, and I feel for you. Let me just, I've said this already. I spend a lot of my prayers praying those things for you. But when I come here, I tell you what you need to hear from God. I tell God about you and I tell you about God. Listen. Listen to me. Don't say to God, give me a child so I'll feel like a woman. No. You're completing him. You are complete in him. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are what? Complete in him. Don't say to God, you know, these people are disrespecting me. Bless me so I can gain some respect. Don't say that to God. You are complete in him. Do you understand? The Bible talks about the unsearchable riches that are yours in Christ. What you need to do is sit down and tell Christ, let me discover you. I get what I'm saying. When you discover him, there's a fragrance about him. That will satisfy you. It will get you drunk. It will get the, the, when you move around, people who are drunk, who have all those things, will be looking at you. How many of us have experienced envy from people that unquote seem to be more blessed than us? Listen to me. You carry him. He says, and you and I are complete in him. Who is the head? Is a completeness by induction, by adoption, by by placing. He said, "You and I are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is where He has placed us." But you know what? The devil will not let you believe that. That's the warfare. That's the warfare. He tells us, you know, he tells you, "You're not. Ah, no. You need this." I've told you, you know, so because these things I'm teaching you, I didn't know them all the while. There was a time when, you know, the church was very young. I was so happy when God blessed me with a, a sports car, Toyota Supra. And those days when I come, we're meeting at the Cartes Garden. When I parked the car on the road, I said at least when people see the signboard of the church, they will also see a sports car and they know that God is blessing here. Now, the, the problem with that is the night before, the nightclubs had better sports cars. So was God blessing there? (laughs) 
May the Lord have mercy on us. The devil is wicked. The devil is wicked. And what goes on here is this. It's a war. It's not, it didn't start today like we saw from Genesis. I want us to now go to the end of the book and see. Revelation 12. Revelation 12 verse 7. We're, we're going to see what the Bible says. There. It says, and war broke out in heaven. Okay? And we have learned already, we have read here that this war is not a physical war. So war broke out in heaven. And what happened? He said, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. Let's see what this fight was about. Verse 8 says, but they did not prevail. That's the dragon didn't prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Verse 9 says, let's read together. Verse 9. It says, so... The great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old, can you show his titles? Called the devil and Satan. So all those names, what does he do? What does he do? He, 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 don't, he can't even bite. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old, called the devil, Satan. What does he do? Who deceives the whole world? That's what he does. And that's what the fight is about. The fight is truth against lies. It's light against darkness. It is what is right against what is wrong. That is what the fight is about. And to help us see just beyond one mention, we see what, what I call here, what I wrote it here, is the devil's resume or the devil's CV. Go to the next chapter, verse 13. Revelation 13, verse 13 and 14. We see here again what happens there. It says, this devil, he performs great signs so that he makes, he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Okay? The message will capture this well. Um, and he deceives those who, let, let's see this Revelation 13 in message, yes. It, it said, this second beast walked what? Magical signs. Dazzling people by making fire come down from heaven. Listen, if you're a Christian, and you're still moved by dazzling things. I pity you. You know why? The devil can do it. But he's not doing it out of anything. He's doing it with intention to do what? To catch in deception. It says dazzling people are making fire come from heaven. Verse 14. It used the magic he got from the To do what? To dupe earth dwellers. To deceive. All of that is to deceive. All of that is to deceive. I have a friend, you know, so unfortunate the things that are happening in our time. And please, when we say about these things that happen somewhere, it's not for you to put focus there. It's for you to guard yourself. I have a friend who, you know, was, was uh, having some issues with diabetes until it started affecting his eyes. And this friend, his family and, you know, committee of friends contributed money. And he went and did surgery, you know. He stayed actually in the hotels of one of our, you know, one of my friends, uh, boss, you know, that my senior colleague in the office then. And when this boy, this man was healed, before they knew, they saw him on one pulpit sharing testimony with the wife, how he was going blind. And then praise the Lord, he came to the man of God and the man of God prayed and he can now see. You know, everybody was saying, ah, is this not... <laughs> The person that we took to Soso Hospital in Lagos. Is this not the person we're contributing 200, 500,000 for? Now, what is all, all that? Why would a man want to encourage somebody to tell a lie that God worked a miracle to deceive? To deceive. In fact, somebody, some persons had said that there's nothing so bad with those deceptions that they help activate the faith of the people. The devil doesn't backslide. They call it faith activators. So they say when you're able to get two or three, you know, that say those things, then people will have faith and they'll now have a genuine miracle. For those who are looking for signs, let me tell you, which sign is better? That you don't have an accident or that you have an accident, break leg, and then they heal it. People don't have signs. That you go and come back, nothing happens. You know, you, 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 you must like action movies. 
Let you see, in as much as I like action movie, let my life not be action movie. You understand? No, that's you don't want to do action movie. No, no. What's it? You don't want to be the rock, any of them. You know, then they kill you, and then you struggle and come back. Did they do any of that to Jesus? I get him what I'm saying. The greatest manifestation of God is that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me in the path of righteousness. At that, Dr. O'Connor wrote a book. He called it the path of minimum suffering. The Lord can lead you. And you why are you wanting to see some things? All of that is why the enemy wants to use it to deceive. Because once he captures your attention and captivates it, then he begins to lead you in what you know is wrong. And then you can't say no. You've already bought into it. One more. The devil sees it. I want us to establish something. Revelation 20. Verse 2 and 3. Revelation 22 and 3. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. And set a seal on him. That what will happen? So that he should deceive the nations no more. This is what the devil does. Anywhere you see deception. You know, some of us can be patient with deception. But I can't help it. I realize that whenever I see somebody, you know, telling lies with God about God. I can't hold myself. I'm telling you the truth. I, I just can't. It's difficult for me to restrain. And I don't know whether it's something, if it's wrong, the Lord will help me. But I can. We're somewhere in, um, many years ago, I think we're in Israel. And it wasn't even lies. But they were telling stories. They were telling us about some things that happened. And, you know, how this happened and how this happened. As I was listening to the story, I said, this story won't build faith. This story is turning attention to some other things. You know? And I think they gave opportunity or something. But by the time they I had to tell them, no, this thing is the way you said it might sound okay. But there's danger in it. And by the mercy of God, our tour guide agreed and said, yes, you know, um, IK, you are right. This is the proper way for Christians. You, you don't come and tell me, no matter how intelligent what you're telling is. If God is not glorified in the story, and not just God glorified, God alone. Not God and man. Not God and man. Because many people, you know, they add God to it. But when you finish going, all you'll be saying is, that man is great. That man is great. That man is sharp. So he says, what does he do? He deceives. Everywhere you see deception, know that the devil is out to destroy. He said the thief does not come but what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. How did he steal from Adam? He didn't bite them. He deceived them. He deceived them. So the fight... And the place where we are in this day of our time is a fight where we must contend for truth. We must hold to truth. I want to give you one simple illustration from the Bible. One. I hope I can stop at one. Of where this deception has gone in. A passage you all know very well. How many of us know Hebrews 11.6? He that comes to God, what? Must believe that he is. And what? Of those who diligently. Okay, now, do you know what she just said? That you don't seek reward. You know that's what that scripture is saying. But it doesn't, that's not the way people appear. He that comes to God must believe. Okay, first of all, it says without faith it's impossible to please him. So, he that comes to God must believe that God is. Praise the Lord. And that God is what? A rewarder of what? Those who do what? Seek it. Seek it. Seek what? It. Now, how many people are seeking him instead of the reward? Most of the things we do, we have our eyes on it. Do you know that you can fast wrongly? The Bible tells us of the fasting in Acts of the Apostles. I remember for those who were in deserved nation, we fast and we say, what's the thing? We just want to love God. Now, I'm not saying don't fast, but the disciples, they say, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted and prayed, the Lord spoke to them, separate for me, Barnabas and Paul, for the work for which I have what, appointed them to do. They were not fasting for breakthrough. They were not fasting because it was a new month. They were not fasting for a new year. Do you know that the, the, the Christians have been deceived into copying more things from native doctors 
and occultists than from New Testament. Listen, when you go home, read your Bible, come on Wednesday, say, Pastor, say, show me where you see in the New Testament, where the man of God did declaration. And the people were shouting, Amen. It's a hard thing I'm saying, but we have been deceived. So, so, so someone, someone so, told me, you know, he, he was in church here and then went for a, a second service some other place. I didn't ask him, he said, ah, say, Pastor, I brought out my, this thing to take note. I didn't hear anything. He just kept declaring, declaring, you shall not die. You shall be big. You shall be, your enemies will fall. All those who rise against you, you see them. You, no man needs to say that for that to happen. It's God that performs it. Oh, now they hear me. You may like it, but it's deception. You know why? Because that statement does not decipher. It says the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. Dividing. The word of God divides. You, if you come here and you're a fornicator, you're an adulterer, you can't be blessed. The blessing you'll be blessed is that you repent. I can't speak over you and you go feeling happy, feeling elated. It's flesh that is elated. You know, I see things on social media. I say, why are these people going here now? This month you shall be from, based on what? Show me that in Ephesians. I've been Matthew. I've been Luke. What do we see as blessed from Jesus? Blessed are the point spirit. But there is what? The kingdom of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after it. But, so if you want to be blessed, kneel down. Lord, please make me of a poor spirit. Blessed are those who um, make hearts of peace, for they shall be called children of God. Ask God, please, in this situation, let me make peace. That's what will bring blessing. It's not my declaration. Okay, are you ready for the prophetic declaration? Who made him prophet? Prophet from where? Eh? Prophet, which, which of the testaments? Even in the Old Testament, how many times did you see? How many times did Elijah declare? Did Elijah declare? You know, the devil has just played with us. So people are living their lives based on something that somebody is pushing over them. Just ask yourself, nah, if the man finished speaking it, who will do it? He is a rewarder of those who want. Diligently seek him, not it. So you can actually come to God being a fool. The Bible talks about the highway of holiness. It says, even though you are fool. You will not go astray. You don't have to be too intelligent. In bracket, when I put Christian 101, I say trust and obey. There is no other message. So you can get bored of Pastor Kenna's message. I will not change it. I will preach the word of God. Trust and obey what? For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. But what? To trust. My declarations, it will not do anything. It doesn't mean we can't agree in prayer. But a lot of those public things they do are for sure. We can agree in prayer, sir. Sister, you have a body. You can meet me with agreeing prayer. If any two of you shall agree as touching what? We can agree. But to make it a form and an art, part of the service. Now, get ready for declaration. That, that's, you know, some things you, the mouth shouldn't say. But a, a lot of men have taken themselves. Where people, when people finish seeing them, they think they've seen God. Now, that might sound right. But you, if you see God in me more than you see God in you, then I've also misled you. Because the Holy Spirit I carry, you carry I've created an idol of myself if I make you do that. So somebody tells you it is well, then because he said it. No, there should be agreement. Deep calling unto deep. But you see, the devil doesn't want people to walk in truth. You know why? Because if you agree to what I'm agreeing, I'm saying, uh, then it means you subject yourself to the level of consecration that I subject myself. But you don't want to do that. You live your life anyhow. And when you come, the man of God will do the blessing. Who wants, who wants, I mean, our people say that they don't beg people, say where to come and chop. No, you just come. Then when you go, beat your wife, you know, cheat, you know, dress anyhow, fornicate anyhow. Then when you come on Sunday, they pronounce a blessing on you. Then you go and continue also. Walk in bitterness, walk in all of that. It doesn't matter. But when you come to this pattern I'm talking about, the Apostle Paul says, I strive to have a conscience void of offense towards God and man. Why? So that God can be blessing me. It's not somebody is the truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the enemy has come and he's covering a lot of mileage. Because of time, let's round up. 
Come with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You know, and we just round up. Pastor King taught us from there last Wednesday. You know, we just read this and see where we are. And then begin to see the danger of the time that we're in. You know, we don't, our business is simple. Hold on to truth. Some people may not be happy with the way I say some things. It's not all of us that will be billionaires. I get what I'm saying. It's not of all of us that live to be hundred. Why should I tell you that? And then you go and you face a situation. I think it was um, Albert Einstein. Einstein, that that they said was um, was ill. You know the way he he was ill, and the option was surgery. And the man said, "Was he struggling to keep life up? That he has finished what he is to do. That let the sickness, if he's going to die, let him take. Do you understand?" It's emptiness that makes people struggle with a lot of things. Now, the man died. Nobody, how, how, do, you know, do you know Albert Einstein? How old was he when he died? Do you know? You don't know, Abby. Because what he did still matters. There are some people who live hundred and something. You won't know them. Because they did nothing. Somebody can live six years and contribute so much. That after he has lived and died, you never forget him. That's what matters. It is the imprint You don't keep deceiving people. And then when people die, your mouth starts shaking. You start explaining. No. For Christians, we have an understanding. This world is not at home. You see, I, I didn't want to mention this, but unfortunately, I, I have to because I really don't have a stand on it. But we, we heard the pastor that said people should make plans to run away from Nigeria. I'm not, I mean, he's entitled to his opinion. That's not my matter. My matter is comparison. Whereas the imam, imam in Abuja, you know what he told his own people? He told his own people that they should not be afraid. That if insurgents kill them, they go straight to heaven. So, in one side, we that have heaven are running to Kotonu. Then the people that don't have heaven are saying, we will not be afraid. If anything happens, we go to. Are you seeing what we are talking about? And he makes the news. We should be ashamed. The man, how many of us read the man's own? He said it. He told you, don't be afraid. Do, you know, do just do what you should do. But if in any case it happens, he said you go straight. It's a lie, of course, because the only way you can go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. But it makes them bold and more effective here. We were busy, not my portion. Hide me, cover me. I run, I dodge, I fall. Then my enemies, you don't want to die, but your enemies should be dying. There's one they call prayer points. I saw, I read it. I say, who are you praying to? Say, everybody that has evil thoughts against me, fall and die. Everybody that has it. I say, from this Bible, which part of this Bible is this coming from? Where is it coming from? What does the Bible say about my enemies? It says, if a man's ways are pleasing unto the Lord, even his enemies, God can handle that. Then the ones by any chance he allows you to discover, he say, love them. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's a deep thing. But it's the warfare of truth versus lies. So in First Thessalonians, we'll, we'll round up from here. Let's read. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, and the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And we learn that this He is the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. We're told that the Holy Spirit is the one holding this wicked one from manifesting. Whereas at the same time, the Holy Spirit is what? Purifying the bride ready for the bridegroom. That's why we're learning what we're learning. So that we can be Christians ready for His coming. But these things are not to puff you up. They're to prepare you and then make you evangelist. Some of you here should call your friends in other churches and preach to them. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
Because they are being deceived. Somebody cannot be going to, for, I mean, it's, not, it's, not, it's actually beyond church, so please, that, that is wrong. Somebody cannot be expecting Christ to come and take him, and his life is not being transformed. He said, as many of us that have this hope in them, purify it. Evidence of my expectation of Christ is my purification. If there's any young lady here who is like about to get married, she will make some changes in her life, preparatory for the wedding day. Some don't eat, some eat only orange, you know, some no fry thing again. They don't want pimple to pop out. Why? Because they're preparing for something. The born again Christian who is looking for the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus cannot be toying with sin. The grace he will be operating on them is the grace unto sanctification. The Lord will help us. So it goes on. It goes on. We're in verse 8. Okay, we were talking about the Holy Spirit preparing the bride. It says, and then the lawless one will be revealed when the Lord will, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Verse 9 says, the coming of this lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders. And with all, what? Do you see again? Unrighteous deception among those who perish. Let's, let me pause here. With all what? Unrighteous, you see the word deception. Listen, I beg you, you're a member of this church, don't agree with me. Agree with the Bible. When you go home, take the Bible, search what I'm saying to you. If he doesn't agree, don't agree. And I, I told, I told them, the, the pastors, the leaders, and the fathers, I'm not against confrontation. Even after service, you can meet me and say, Pastor, that thing you said is nonsense. But just tell me what it is so I can know and check and then answer you. You understand? Uh, I'm not, I, I'm ready. I wish, my longing is that we'll be having services where we'll just sit down and discuss. I'm telling you, this preparing message, it makes me lose weight. Some of you think I exercise a lot. Is this the, the burden of this ministration? Before, well, so after service, you see me, I'm so happy. It's as if I've finished one million miles. <laughs> you understand? I'm telling you the truth. So you can, agree, you can tell me, Pastor, no, that thing you said, no, no. You're wrong, you're wrong, you know. And then I'll learn. Praise the Lord. He says, with all what? Unrighteous deception. It's deception again, we say. Among those who perish. Why? He said, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. God will always show himself faithful. Why are people being destroyed? Because they turned their backs from truth. Not that they didn't hear. Because they did not receive the love of truth. Now, look at what happens, a progression now. The same thing that Paul was talking in Romans 1. He said this was knowing that he's God, you know, knowing that, you know, from, from the uncreated things, uh, the created things could see, refused to acknowledge him as God. This is what he says. And for this reason, God will do what? Then send them strong delusion that they should do what? Believe the lie. So if you won't follow him, he will not forever strive. Send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. It says that they all may be condemned who did not see it again. Who did not believe the truth. So what is the instrument of deliverance? Truth. And you shall know the truth and the truth will do what? Set you free. It's truth. Child of God, please love truth more than science. Love truth more than feelings. Love truth more than any other thing. Truth. Just whatever, whoever says it. Check, is this, in, is this in line with the Bible? Is this in line with the spirit of Christ? What always, what always pictures in my mind is, whenever I hear something, I just scan the gospel. Where did Jesus do something like this? A, a man was teaching, and, and he was telling the people, you know, you don't need to confess sins again. All you need to do to be saved is for God so loved the world that he gave his own, that whosoever believes in him shall not. All you need to do is believe. And immediately, I was with my wife, but I didn't say that. Immediately, the scripture that the Lord ministered to me was the same Jesus that was telling you and I that, listen, if your right hand will cause you to sin, he said what? Cut it off. It is better, the same Jesus, so not interpretation. It is better to enter into life maimed than to go into destruction with your whole body. That's what you're telling people. Just believe. But he was right, even though he was intentionally misleading people. If he had told people, believe and go and know him, 
Then they were going to read the rest. But he said to them, this anything added to this, that's the exact word. He said, anybody that adds anything to this is not the gospel. But Jesus added to it. When I see now, it's Jesus that said, for God so loved the world, isn't he? Then he's also the one that said, unless your righteousness exists, the righteousness of the Pharisee. He's the same one that said, whoever looks at it, he says, you have read it. Whoever commits out, he said, but I tell you now, it's even beyond the physical act, your heart. Do you know why he put that thing concerning the heart? Because the Holy Ghost lives in your heart. The physical sin you commit with your body. And the body is, you know, involved and judged. But the one that is in the mind, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Let me say Holy Spirit. He is holy. Some things you can't watch with your friend by your side. You watch it with the Holy Spirit. Some conversations you won't entertain. With your wife or husband, you allow... Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why Jesus said, he didn't speak any words that were not necessary. Praise the Lord. So he says that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had what? Pleasure in unrighteousness. It goes on, 13 is, you know, where, where it turns around. It says, but I am bound. We are bound to give thanks to God always for you. We can thank God for the Christian. Why? Because you are brethren, you are beloved by the Lord. God has loved you. Christ has died for you. He said, because God from the beginning chose you. Tell somebody, say, God chose you. And what did he choose you for? He chose you for salvation. Why should the devil have a bit of me? Why, who, who, why should I give him room? Somebody say, the Lord loves me. He chose me. Why, why should I entertain the devil? You know why? Like American embassy puts a call to you. I know some people may say no. Puts a call to you and say, we, we just fell in across your data somewhere. And you and your family have been given automatic citizenship to relocate to any part of the United States. Will you be struggling for counselorship in Bayelsa? <laughs> eh? You understand? It, it will be a no, no, I mean, no, no consideration. God has chosen you. You understand? Somebody do like this. Just do. Tell the devil, get your hands off me. I belong to Jesus. I'm sold out to Jesus. Praise the Lord, somebody. He said, from the beginning, he has chosen you and I for salvation. But look at what he says. He said, through sanctification by the Spirit. In another place, our Lord Jesus Christ, what did he say? He says, sanctify them by the truth. Let's rise on our feet. Sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. I want you to pray, Lord, warfare. Today, today is spiritual warfare. I want to pull down every stronghold. Every imagination. Every lie that the enemy has sold me. Somebody for your own warfare, you came in here feeling incomplete. God needed to do a new thing. God has done everything. New things may manifest. But the attitude must be, I am the blessed of the Lord. You are the chosen of the Lord. You are sick in the body. With his stripes, you were healed. You were not begging again to go forward. We are receiving stamina to stand in who he has said I am. To walk in what he has called me to be. To accomplish every purpose of God. I need you to dethrone every falsehood. Tell everything, suggestion, imagination. Everything that is saying to you, you can't make it. Say, this is what I am. He chose me and God does not choose recklessly. He said, he that began the good work in you. What did he start in you? Not a bad work. He began a good work in you. He said, that God is what? Faithful. That God is reliable. That God is dependable. He's able to work it. He's able to perform it until the very end. Tell the Lord, I thank you. Because when Jesus, when you hung on that cross, you looked at me and said, He cannot be a part of it. He said, Lord, be a part of it. He said, I can come in. He said, Chin has a coming. He said, Chris, come in. He said, Falake, come in. That's what you did. You said, Come in. I was involved in what you did. And no devil is going to deceive me. I'm already blessed. I'm not about to be blessed. I have a future. 
I have a destiny. I have a hope. I am the saved of the Lord. I'm the beloved of the Lord. I will not listen to you. I don't need to be made. I'm already made. I don't need to attain. I've already been lifted to the highest height. I don't need to be applauded. Heavens, angels already rejoicing over me. I am a child of God. Somebody needs to turn around and announce to whoever has an ear. I am a child of God. I'm loved by the Lord. I'm beloved of the Lord. I am settled in Him. I am safe in Him. I am strong in Him. I am the righteousness of God. He has already clothed me. I, he looked at me. My righteousness was like filthy rags. And he clothed me with his own. And said, walk out your salvation. Walk in this truth. Lord, I surrender to you today. I refuse to give attention. I will not hold conversation. Don't be like Eve. Don't even hold conversation with the devil. Shut him out. Shut him out. I won't listen to you. I won't listen to you, Satan. I will not listen to you. I will not listen to you. I will not listen to you. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is the center of my life. He's everything to me. He's everything to me. I will not buy your falsehood, Satan. I believe in Jesus. That's more than enough. He will lead me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake he will establish me he will plant me he will see to it that i finish well he will uphold me he will guide me he will teach me his ways he will he is my god the god of my salvation the god who began this i needed to open up your mouth and say to the lord i believe in you every word of yours i believe your way i trust your way I trust your word. You love me. If you don't even know what to pray, just tell him you love me. You love me. You love me, Jesus. You love me, Jesus. You love me, Jesus. Jesus, you love me too much. Can we do that? Oh, he's jealous for me. Let's do one of them. He, he loves me. He loves me. He loves you, sister. He loves you, brother. Yes, Lord. He loves me. Don't stop. Let the singer sing. Just, just watch some warfare. Watch some warfare. Somebody came in sick in the body. And there's just a lot of fear. Don't be afraid. Tell him my eyes are set on you. You are mighty to save. You are mighty to deliver. You are mighty to protect. You are my God. You are my God. You are my God. I worship you. I worship you. Just lose yourself in worship. Tell him I'm yours. Tell him I belong to you. He will take care of me. He will see to it. He will see to it. been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158404. You can find us online at www dot the fathers church online dot org God bless you